Welcome to the Tiny Baby and Coach Mac podcast, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage with an affordable price tag? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Amy Wells. Coach Mac, of course, he's here too. We are back from the bye week. We are rested. We are rejuvenated. We are ready to take on the Colts, this time at Nissan Stadium. At Nissan Stadium, back from the open date. Uh, you said you were going to take a nap last time we left. Did you take a nap? I took multiple naps, and I also saw moose in the wild. That is so awesome. And you look very well rested and you look like you saw moose. Like like I had a moose encounter? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay, so I went to Colorado and I look out the window of the little condo we're staying in, just like an Airbnb, and there's a moose just eating a tree. I didn't know they did that. Was it a was it a full grown was it a bull moose, a big dude? Was it, it, a, it was a mama and oh, two mama baby and two- moose. Moose, moose, two babies, mom, two babies, three total, just walking through like they were getting a meal. That's outstanding. It was crazy. Now, you, you can't Nature. Do, on every open date, you can't do that. You did it. Great. I did. I did. I, I managed to get a moose sighting in into my <laughs> open, open date, and I did take some naps. Good. How was your game that you called? Good. I went to L.A. You know, I went to L.A. for three days, called a national game for Sports USA, called the Panthers and the Rams, and then uh, saw and visited with a lot of people. Great trip. A lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Flew back. The Fox crew that did it, Laura Oakman for Fox, you know, she lives here. So she and I flew back together on the American Red Eye. And we were walking through the uh, concourse at about one fifteen in the morning, looked at each other and went, in the NFL glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not always as, as fancy and as lush as people think it is. There you go. But it was fun. Well, we are back here in Nashville, both of us, and we're getting ready to take on the Indianapolis Colts for the second time in three weeks. They're coming to Nashville. Big game for both teams, maybe bigger for the Colts? Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's big for both teams. You're exactly right. You know the history. You've been here a long time. Uh, I've been doing, dealing with the Colts for a lot of years. You know the history between the two teams. And right now, both of these teams, this is kind of at that point in the, you know, in the season where it's kind of a fulcrum game. I mean, it can flip you one way or the other. It's very, very critical to the AFC South standings and AFC South positioning. It's always interesting, especially when you play sandwich games, which means you play somebody, have one game in between, and then play them again. It's always very interesting to see how both teams mentally prepare for it. Uh, Just watching the Colts in their game against Jacksonville, uh, they've reworked their offense a little bit for some reasons of injury, especially to the running backs. They may have the running backs back. But these games are always, you know, they always come down to the wire, Amy. I mean, since you've been doing it, what's this, your 10th season with the, with the Titans? It is. Okay, so, I mean, this is, what was I, 8, 6, this is my 14th. You know, and it always comes down to the wire with this team, regardless of either one of them's records. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the Colts. As you mentioned, they've been getting some wins. They've done some things different on their offense. What stands out to you in your film study about some of the changes that they've made 
to have some success offensively. Well, they were having a lot of trouble protecting their quarterback, trying to drop back in the cylinder. They were having issues with that. Now, this last ball game going into it, they had neither Jonathan Taylor nor Naheem Hines, and so that precipitated them doing some other things. And what they did, Amy, they spread they spread it out. They've got three huge combat catchers and receivers, and they've got two giant tight ends. And so he stood back there and, and was getting the ball out, a lot of crossing routes, short crossing routes, short sideways throws, average 2.5 seconds, getting the ball out, and just letting those combat catchers, those big bodies, try to run through single tackles. And that's what they did the whole game. He was not sacked once. He was barely touched at all. And so they wanted to, to get the protection of their quarterback in, and, and that's, the, that's what they used. Now, this week, I would assume they will have their running backs back and available. It will be very interesting to see how they incorporate both of those types of offenses together because they had some success protecting their quarterback and they had some success getting the ball to a lot of different receivers quickly. So it's going to be very interesting, Amy, when we go to Sunday to Nissan to see how they're going to incorporate both of those offenses together against the Titans. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because is there a philosophy that this is kind of the the hot thing for us to be doing right now? We're having some success with spreading the ball around to a lot of different people and really kind of using the air. Or do you want to get back to what you're able to do because you have those backs? Well, they did it because they were having trouble protecting the quarterback. Let's get that out. I mean, this was purely for the quarterback's health. This is why they were doing it because, I mean, you know, up to that point, I mean, he was getting hit and he was getting hit a lot. In fact, the last, the, the last play of the game where he held onto the ball for a while, he hit Alec Pierce down the right sideline as you look at it as a quarterback and launched it but had people in his face because he held it longer. So – they're trying to protect their quarterback. Now, a good way to protect any quarterback is to have a successful run game. We know that Jonathan Taylor is that type of back that can do that, can do some damage when he's in there. So that's why I say it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate both of these philosophies, both protect him with a run and then protect him with getting the ball out quick, what, what the ratio of that is going to be against the Titans. Now, their defense has been without some key players as well. They haven't had Quiddy Pay. Shaq Leonard's been out since the game with the Titans. Who has really stepped up and caught your attention in their absence? EJ Speed, their, their, their linebacker. He makes every tackle. And, and for us to be successful running the ball, which is what we need to do, we're going to have to be able to get some combination blocks up on those second-level linebackers. You know, Zaire Franklin has been a very good player. As you, as you said, Shaq Leonard has been out. But those other two linebackers have been cleaning some things up. Now, the people that are still an issue, you mentioned Quiddy Pay being out. The, the people that are still an issue are those two front-end loaders that they have playing the three technique in the shade. You know, uh, the, those guys, uh, Grover Stewart uh, up in there and then Buckner, those guys are a problem. A big problem and for us to be able to take care of them we've got to get that center guard triangle working like they did last time and get Henry we always keep saying it to his fourth step for us to be able to work the run game I, I would love to see Henry get an edge one time or another in this game a clear edge so that he can open it up down the stretch he hasn't been able to open it up yet the, the biggest times we've seen him start to open it up are with the screen passes so far into this season. He's been grinding out yards, but I would love to see him be able to get an edge in this game and open it up. Can we have a Mac moment for a second here where we just pause and teach? When you talk about Derrick Henry getting to his fourth step, it's something we talk about a lot. What does that really mean? 
if it's, you're at seven yards depth, you know, and you're in the dot, which means you're behind the quarterback if he's under center. If you're offset, uh, you know, if you're six and a half to seven yards deep, to get beyond the line of scrimmage, normally it takes one, two, three, the fourth step, you know, for most backs to be able to get to that second level. That's what you're looking at. Because if they don't ever get to their fourth step, then they have to start stuttering. They have to start stuttering and start searching for, for areas. What you, if you're getting to a fourth step, then clearly you've got a block lane. It's not a big one, but it's a block lane that you can get to that fourth step and then start to be able. You can't run. You can't be a same foot, same shoulder runner, which means you can't drop your shoulder with the same foot you stick in the ground until you get to your fourth step. If you Before you get there, then you're stymied. When you talk to defenses, defense is what you always want to do defensively. Set an edge, build a wall. You've got to be able to crack that interior wall to get to that fourth step. Or, as I said, I would love to see him be able to circle a, 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 a defense to get to the nub side, to a tight end side sometime to be able to open up. When Derrick Henry can get to his fourth step, he's either a same foot, same shoulder runner to where he can run through the tackles or – He's starting to hit. He's starting to hit space. But until he can get to that fourth step, then you're just hoping that he can do something bouncing around behind the line of scrimmage. That's not a way to make a living in the NFL. Interesting. I figured that that would be a good thing to define, and I'm glad we did that. Um, getting back to the Colts, what's one or two keys for the Tennessee Titans to win this game against the Colts? Well, first of all, if they're going to throw it quick to those big receivers they have, we're going to have to spot tackle because that's why they do it. I mean, last week the average time uh, of Matt Ryan getting rid of the ball was 2.5 seconds. So 2.5 seconds, it's going to be in a receiver's hands, and those are big, big receivers. Michael Pittman, Jr., Combat combat catcher. Campbell, combat catcher. Alec Pierce coming right into his own big, long unit, combat catcher. So you're going to have to spot tackle him. And spot tackle him means the, the guy closest to the receiver that catches it has to tackle him or at least hold on to him to get him down until the cavalry comes. You can't let him run through that first tackle because they're trying to use that, Amy, in, conjun- in, in, in re- replacing – a run game last week. They may use it in conjunction with a run game this week. That's going to be extremely important. The next thing that has to happen is we can't let those two big guys that I talked about, the three technique and the shade, take this game over. We cannot have our cylinder collapsed in our face, either for throwing it or for trying to get Henry started. That's going to be extremely, extremely important. And then the next thing is no explosive plays. I mean, you know, you can't you can't play defense really solid, play it solid, play it solid, and then all of a sudden give up one over your head that ends up not only being an explosive play, but sometimes, as of late, has been a touchdown. That's hard to recover from. We need to take that away. Mac, there's a lot to watch in this game coming up. It's at Nissan Stadium this Sunday, noon kickoff. Be sure to tune in to Titans Radio. We'll be on at 11 o'clock a.m to preview the game and then we're kicking off at noon and away we go around this game there's a lot of other stuff going on I'll tell you what it has been a very busy week here at Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park a lot of stuff going on um the Titans are are a busy organization so let's just run through a bunch of the things that are going on so this Sunday at Nissan Stadium we're taking on the Colts and it is our crucial catch game so the league promotes early detection, making sure people go to whatever screenings they need to go to, and also kind of raising awareness and funds for cancer research. So 
that will be happening in a variety of ways around Nissan Stadium. There will be a lot of recognition of people who are cancer survivors, who are actively going through treatment, raising money, raising awareness, all of those things. Um, Our players and coaches have been in T-shirts that say, I play for, and it gives them the opportunity to kind of recognize people who are in their lives, who have cancer, and that's a great cause. We see that every year. That is happening this week. Also, it is homecoming week, which means that Oilers alum and Titans alums are going to be here in Nashville all weekend long being hosted by Amy Adams Strunk, there are so many amazing activities that are happening for them, but so fun for fans to see not only Titans players back, but Oilers players back. Um, Mac, uh, a lot of teams do the homecoming thing, but this uh, this here in Nashville is bigger than I would assume most organizations do the homecoming experience, right? Well, Amy Adams Strunk has done a wonderful job since she's – since she's taken over as far as as bringing people back together from the Oilers and the Titans. I think it's a wonderful thing. Uh, you, uh, I'm very familiar with a lot of these guys that are coming back. I, I think it's a, it's a great thing. It's a great thing for them. It's a wonderful thing for their families. Amy Adams Strunk should be commended for this. I mean, this, this really endears your former players to your organization, and it's good for your players now, your present players, to see this is what I have to look forward to when my playing days are over because you're not just a number here. You mean something to the owner. And that is extremely, extremely important. And I'm, I'm looking so forward to seeing a lot of those guys. And, and as you said, there's so many great uh, events around this. This is really going to be fun. Uh, the whole, the, let me talk about the cancer thing just a minute. All of us, I think, have been touched by cancer at one form or another, either with relatives or very close friends. And so, you know, what a, what a, a wonderful, worthy cause. But this is, this is a pretty massive weekend for the Titans organization. And, you know, to be highlighted by a huge game against a huge division opponent but everything that's going on here as i said i can't give amy adams strunk any more kudos than i can for what she does with the alumni mac is homecoming weekend just mac overdrive i mean you know so many people who are coming back between coaching here guys who have been around the league that you would know for i mean a million different reasons are you just straight wall-to-wall Mac all day long, all the time? Yeah, it's Mac over Nash Vegas this weekend. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I, I look so forward to it. You know, I, I, I love this stuff. I mean, this is, this is outstanding. And plus, you know, getting ready for a game around this. You know, when you're around these, these, these former players, watch how excited they are for this game. They will be gunned up to the max for this game, I promise you. And that, it just makes it all – it all comes together in a great thing. But all of the events that, that Amy has, you know, I've been to several of them since I've been here. They're all first-class events. They're tremendous. And, uh, yeah, it's Mac over Nash Vegas. The inclusion of the Oilers also makes it just even bigger and better. How special is it that Amy makes such a specific, intentional effort to make sure that the Oilers players know that they are part of this Titans franchise history and the family. It's massive. I mean, it really is. And when you move a franchise and you change a name, you know, you don't want, because you know, the Oilers are the, are the history. They're, they're the history of the league. 
you know, you know, Mr. Adams, you know, being part of the Foolish Club, started the AFC. I mean, come on. That's NFL history. And those guys are a huge part of it. You know, and I remember all those years I was growing up in Texas, the Love You Blue. I mean, when I was a senior in high school, I went to, to, to Triner Institute down in Kerrville, Texas, to their training camp. So uh, all of this stuff, that matters. And the history of your club matters. And, and, the, and the Oilers are a huge part of the history of this club. And bringing them together can only be a great thing. And so it, it's, it's big. And plus, and, you know, and Amy Adams Strunk and Kenneth Adams and Barkley and the, the ownership group, they make an effort. They make a, a concerted effort because um, when you look at all, and again, I'm not involved in any of the planning, but I see people running around here, you know, like bees buzzing around a hive. <laughs> that there's so much going on and there's so much that goes into it. I mean, I, I, it impresses me a lot. As part of the homecoming celebration when you come out to Nissan Stadium this Sunday as they take on the Colts, you're going to see that we're recognizing all of the alumni on the field, both Titans and Oilers and our 12th Titans will be none other than Dan Pastorini and Delaney Walker. Oh, that's solid. Those are two real solid dudes from both teams. Yeah, Again, Dan Pastorini, when he was the quarterback, I love you, Blue, that was the dude. The <laughs> that man. was the dude in Houston, Texas. Well, so we've got the Houston dude, and then we've got the dude in Nashville, Delaney Walker. Another thing that happened this weekend is we were able to spend some time with Delaney Walker as he announced his retirement earlier this week. He retired as a Tennessee Titan at Nissan Stadium. The guy was in the league for 14 years. He spent seven of those right here in Nashville as a Titan. And really, I mean, he was a key part of the group that really turned this franchise around and some of the years that really got this team to what it is now. I actually had a chance to have a conversation with Delaney right after his retirement ceremony, so here's that. Delaney, I guess we just have to start with the most obvious question, and that's why is now the time to retire? I felt like I sat at home a, a little too long. Um, this should have been something that was done a while back. But again, I said uh, transitioning out of the NFL is hard. It's no other job like it. And uh, as players, we always want to think we can keep playing. And uh, I've realized now that I can't play anymore. So uh, I thought it was just right that I retire a Titan because the things that I felt like I set here uh, will go a long way with me as well. 14 years in the NFL, seven years as a 49er, seven years as a Tennessee Titan. Why are the Titans home? I mean, I've, you know, if you look back, I feel like I left a, uh, a landmark in San Francisco, but when I came to Tennessee, I felt like I put a dent in it. And uh, it was just so much I accomplished here. Um, I got a lot of things done. I set a lot of goals. And I feel like I tried to bring the team together to change the culture here. And I think that's where my roots lie, so. Have you seen the fruits of your labor? Have you seen different things around the Tennessee Titans organization where you say, that's me, I did that, I had a hand in that? I don't say that, but I say, you know, I kind of paved the way. Um, so I, I paved it, but they made a freeway now. And uh, it's great to see that. You know, I just like to see what I, what we built and I'm still building off of that. And, and that's what it is. That's what we do. Um, the players before me, they built this and then we, we try to make it better. And that's what the players are doing now. And they actually doing that. They getting, uh, getting where we wanted to be at. And all the guys that play with me that we're all happy for them because uh, that's what we wanted. Of course, you had a lot of accomplishments on the field, but off the field, 
you were Walter Payton Man of the Year twice for the Tennessee Titans. You were a team captain four years in a row. You were a three-time Pro Bowler. All of these things to contribute to the team as a leader. Why was that something that was so important to you as part of who you were, not only as a player, but as a human? I just think when you have uh, the opportunity to be in the spotlight or be an athlete and play a game, you should be able to give back to the community too. Um, sometimes I feel like the fans, they do a lot for the team, but don't think they get a lot back from us. Um, and I didn't want them to feel that way. So my goal was to be out in the community, trying to reach everyone I could to show them like, yeah, we play football, but we still care about this community. Most of us are not from here, but when you play for a team, you should give back to the community you plan for. And that was my mindset. I went out on the field, but gave it all I can. And then when I was out in the community, I tried to do the same thing. On the field, you've said that your best football was here in Tennessee. And of course the numbers back that up. What was it about this place that made you play at such a high level? I would have to say just, you know, going out into that atmosphere on Sundays and, and hearing the crowd and, and them always having our back. Even though, you know, we wasn't good the first few years, they still came to the game. That's courage, you know, and, and that, that gave me more courage to go out there and just say, you know what, even if we losing, I'm still going to give it 100% because the fans, they see that and they acknowledged that. And as long as I can show them that, they knew that we wasn't quitters. The Titans organization has had a lot of success since you've left even. What does that mean to you to be able to see that now? It means a lot. That's the, that's the biggest thing, you know, to see these guys getting on the Monday Night Football, talked about NFL Network, ESPN, that's what it stands for. That just shows everything we built, it came together. It's starting to come to life. And these guys that's on the team now, they know it. They know how to handle it. They're making it come true. They, they see it. They feel it. They believe it. And uh, I think that's just the foundation of the Tennessee Titans. And I'm just glad that we're starting to get the recognition that we need. When you look back on your career, all 14 years of it, what sticks out to you? You know, football obviously will stick out, but I would have to say just me, the 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 stuff I did in the community, um, having the back-to-school blast, giving kids the opportunity to get backpacks, go see a dentist um, on my Christmas night out, taking kids out to eat and then taking them Christmas shopping because not every kid has that opportunity to do that or have the opportunity to get an Adidas backpack and all the school supplies they need. So looking back, I would say just me doing the community outreach is big. So you've talked about this next chapter as a transition, transitioning out of football. Was it a tough decision to make or was it kind of an exciting opportunity? Both. Okay. You know, it's, all, it's always tough um, to leave something you love, right? or to not be able to do something you love. So that's the tough part, but it's exciting because it's always something next, you know what I mean? So the next chapter in my life is exciting. I just got to figure out what it's going to be. Um, but I have a lot of stuff on my plate. I drag race. I work for the Legends community now. It's just me being free. And I think that that's, uh, that's going to be just the next chapter, me being able to be free and decide what I want to do. Talk to me about some of your work with the Legends community. What are you doing and how did you get involved with that? Well, how did I get involved? So they have a summit every year for uh, players that retired as either five years out or less. And they bring us together just to get us to understand programs that's out there for uh, retired players. Because the money that we put aside 
all year or how long ever you play, that's your money. And a lot of players don't know how to access it. So I went to that and they all just love me. I don't know why, I guess I talk too much, but they all love me. Uh, they called me up, said, we, we, we think that this will be a great job for you. We think you can reach a lot of players because you talk a lot. And I said, you know what? I do talk a lot, so I, this is a great job for me. Um, and then what I do is I just try to reach other players. I email them, I call them, I even send them a DM. I just want to see if I can get in contact with them, talk to them, um, see if they're good, and if they're having any issues, or I can put them in the right direction, or just teach them about benefits that's out there. Talking a lot has really served you throughout your career in a variety of ways, hasn't it? Indeed. Really, though, coming back, media members, uh, teammates, people with the Tennessee Titans staff, all have stories about you and your talking and your sound bites that you've given over the years. <laughs> Do you look back on that time with good memories? Of course, of course. So, you know, I, I, I hate hearing my voice, but it's just sometimes it's funny. Um, to look back and hear some of the stuff I said, <laughs> I was crazy. Um, but you know what? I, it was it was all true. It was all real. I was trying to be me, and I wanted the fans to see the real, not the fake. I couldn't really give them something that wasn't there. I wasn't gonna put makeup on a pig. So it was just like I thought if I been if I be true to myself and be real with everyone in the facility, the fans, my teammates, that'll go a long way. And I think it did. You led the Tennessee Titans through some tough times. You were part of some great Titans moments. And you have ended up being coined as one of the greatest Tennessee Titans tight ends. Are you surprised about the legacy that you have left? Does it shock you at all that you are so revered within this Titans organization? I'm shocked because being in San Francisco, I really didn't have that opportunity to show people what I really had. and. The Titans, they really gambled on me. And I didn't know what the future held. I didn't know how successful I could be. I knew I had dreams and I had goals to be that player. Um, so it, it, it's kind of surprising, but deep down inside, I knew I could do this. I just needed that opportunity. And to be dubbed one of the best, you know, that's the surprising part because, you know, we have so many great players that played here before me. Does it feel good to be back? It feels great to be back. I try not to cry. and being in the locker room, walking out on the field, and just seeing all the beat writers and all the people that worked in the facility, just, just, just good. Well, we're glad you're Titan for life now. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, I'm, I'm glad to be a Titan for life. Mac Delaney was such a huge part of this Titans team in so many different ways, as you just heard him talking about. I mean, there's the on-the-field stuff, there's the off-the-field stuff. As someone who was able to really watch him for years and years and years, what made him such a dominant player? Well, not only watch him. I mean, I knew him before he ever came here. He was in the NFC West, you know, with the 49ers. I was with the Rams. And paired with Vernon Davis, we played him twice a year you know, for six years, and, and you know, when, when, he, when he was out there. And to me, he was always that guy, wore number 46, and he was always that guy that you went, Vernon Davis is supposed to be the dude, but this other dude that they use a lot in 12 personnel, which is too tight, this guy's, this guy's a problem. This guy's an issue. And then when he came here, okay, he really got a second lease on life because he was playing second fiddle to Vernon Davis there at the 49ers, but here he became the guy. 
He became the guy, and he became a true, not only just a move guy, he became the tight end. And as you said, during those times, you know, the, the Titans had gone through a, a, a little bit of a dip, you know, uh, some, some real issues, and he was one of those guys that started pulling them out of that. And during some of those years, he was what they had offensively. And the defense knew it was going to him, and he still produced. And his numbers that he produced in the latter in the seven years here, they match up with any of the great tight ends around the league. So he was a legitimate dude. And as you said, the other thing that he did, he ingratiated himself to this community. And the fact that he wanted to retire here, because he spent the same amount of time in San Francisco and started there, but he wanted to retire here because he felt like, and he, he said this, this was the most productive years of his career here where he really felt like he could blossom, and he did. And so, again, it's another thing. It just reminds me of when, you know, when Jarrell Casey retired here, when, you know, players, they get a feel for where they're more comfortable and where they belong. And I think both of those guys really felt like this was their place. And to have Delaney do that this weekend and then be, you know, be part of the 12th Titan with all of this thing going on with Dan Pastorini, what you have is you've got a guy, you know, from the Oilers and a guy from the, from the Titans that really show how important it is to be an alumni player of this football team. So Delaney Walker, I didn't just watch him. I had to defend him. I didn't enjoy defending him. I enjoyed watching him here much more. (laughs) Well, we're so excited to have him as part of the homecoming ceremony and celebration. He will be at Nissan Stadium as well, so you can yell and scream and say, hi, how are you doing to Delaney Walker? Before we go, yet another thing that happened this week for the Tennessee Titans. We are all over the place. I'll tell you what. The Titans announced their agreement with the city of Nashville for a new stadium. That is a thing that is going to be happening. There's still a lot of work to be done in terms of, you know, agreements and legalese and planning and building the thing. Um, So we have a long way to go, but very exciting time. Coach Mack, you've been a part of more than one stadium rebuild or building in your life, I should say. Two, to be exact. Um, how exciting is a project like this for a club? Well, it means a lot. It, it means a whole lot. I mean, I've, I've been involved in two, in two builds, you know, very, very intricately involved when I was the head coach of the Cardinals. And they've got that place. We, we got that place in Glendale. I mean, it was a, you know, they'd already had two propositions fail. It was a last-ditch effort. If that one hadn't have been built, then the Cardinals probably would have been the team to move to L.A. I mean, that's all NFL history. But anyway, being involved in that and then seeing what it meant, not only just to Maricopa County, but to the valley out there in Arizona and the entire state, it's huge. And then was involved in moving a club, you know, from the St. Louis Rams to L.A. to be the L.A. Rams and in on the planning and building of, of, the, of SoFi. I mean, it's, it's a massive thing, but it also – I was just out at SoFi doing the national game this weekend, and when you start to see really what that is and, wh- and what, it, what it's continuing to be as it, as it grows with all of the development around it, it's amazing. It really is. And so for this to come to this city at this time and at the growth spot that this city is in, it's massive, and, and it makes me so happy. And, yes, there's still a lot of things to work on. I mean, I – I can go through just iterations of what, you know, I've been through twice with it involved. Uh, just knowing, but you, you, it all has to coalesce and come together. But once those shovels go on the ground and it starts to come up, it's pretty exciting. I just want to be here to be able to broadcast the first game that, that's in that thing because it's going to be amazing. But we're, we're not to the shovel in the ground yet. 
but we will get there. But it is it, it it's such a beneficial thing. You just it's got so many tentacles for a new NFL stadium that go out in into the community. It's amazing. I've seen it twice. Look forward to seeing it again. There's been so much of a buzz and so much excitement around Nashville, around Titans fans, just talking about kind of what this means and what it could be. Um, does it have that same kind of impact on a team, just the excitement around it? Well, it's because it's, 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 it's years out, you know. But just the fact, here's what it does. And, and it did for both of those teams I was with. You go, wow, it's really important. It's really important here because, you know, when it, when it, you know, the way the National Football League, the way you flip players, the way you do things, you know, you know a lot of guys are at places only for so long. But, yes, I mean, it just it, it affects everybody. It does. And, and it affects the current players because they look at it and say, wow, this organization really cares. It's really important. I'm glad to be a part of it. It's an exciting time. Again, just the beginning. There's still a long way to go, but – exciting sure uh, very exciting very exciting well mac is there anything else you want to add i mean we've covered a tremendous amount of ground no i'm about out of oxygen yeah you yeah, are yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, i'm about out of oxygen i mean you've done a pretty nice job i didn't get to take a nap like you did uh, when you were watching the moose uh but i'm ready to go i'm energized let's go we we we've got this second part of the season starting let's go we do we've got 12 weeks we are plowing through it's going to be great we are so fired up to keep going and it all starts with the colts this sunday at nissan stadium kickoff for that game is at noon we hope to see you there for coach mac i'm amy wells thanks for joining us for the titans amy and coach mac podcast